Well, welcome back to Dwight's Wine. I'm Dwight Casimir. Our guest today is Violet Gergich. Continuing our focus on women in wine, she's the president of Gergich Hills Estate in Rutherford, California. Now, we talked about your growing up at the winery and some of the great wines. Your father is known as the King of Chardonnay, and I've been tasting a few of the wines that you send out to me. Tell me about uh, the current vintages that you have and uh, some of the great wines and pairings that you envision. I know you talked about having a lot of wine dinners and tastings, especially now in this virtual environment. Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty amazing. I've been able to, to be with so many people virtually, so much more than I have um, in the past where I relied on you know getting into a car or a plane. But Chardonnay is probably the wine my father is most known for. And uh, my father actually set the style and made uh, Chardonnay a household name not just with the 73 Montalena Chardonnay, but also our 77 Chardonnay were in the tasting called the Great Chicago Showdown, in which it came num- number one in Chicago um, of 221 of the best Chardonnays in the world. And so this is a wine we've been very known for. Our style really has not changed much. I would say mice might have evolved, but my father always wanted to make wines that had balance, that had elegance and subtlety, uh, that had beautiful acidity because without acidity, the wines won't pair well with food. Um, but he also wanted to create wines that were so good you couldn't stop drinking them. And I think he's definitely managed to do that. One of my favorite compliments that I get, uh, especially about our Chardonnay, but about all of our wines is, uh, I don't like Chardonnay, but I love yours. And uh, it's, it's just wonderful to me. It gives me such great joy to be able to introduce people to something that they thought they didn't like. And it's totally the opposite. You know, one of the things I like about your Chardonnay is that uh, it has a great deal of elegance. I mean, uh, because I tasted so many Chardonnays, especially back in the 70s and 80s when I started writing about wine, that, you know, it's like chewing on a stick of wood and then there'd be all this butter and uh, stuff going on. And But yours is really elegant and has kind of a I've tried it with some foods that you wouldn't think of as being paired with Chardonnay. I wonder if you could talk to me about that, some pairings. Well, I, I you know, we're, we're Croatian peasants, so we'll drink anything with anything, but uh, as long as it's Gurgic Hills. But I think that there are some classic pairings. Um, I'm just thinking about, you know, pasta alfredo or chicken or any kind of fish with uh, especially a citrus sauce. Uh, uh, chicken piccata. Um, actually, so I did a tasting last night and uh, somebody was um, uh, telling me in the chat box that they, they got the chicken piccata to pair with our Chardonnay, but our Merlot was an exceptional pairing with it. So when you have wines like ours that are subtle and elegant, they are much, much more versatile when it comes to food pairing. You can throw pretty much anything at them and they'll work. It's when wines have um, not so many, not much complexity, or if they're very big in any kind of way, or if they're out of balance, then only a very limited range of things actually go with them. So it's uh, it's actually sort of like a haiku, very simple, very few words. But in those very few words, every time you read a haiku, you'll get different meaning out of it. You know, anything great art. And so that simplicity actually gives it the potential to have a wider range. Ceviche is a good thing. I'm getting hungry now. I know. I'm glad you mentioned piccata because one of the things I did last night when I was tasting your wine, I made a veal piccata and I kind of combined a a recipe that I learned in um, Sardinia 
I took some Meyer lemons, sliced them very thinly, and cooked them in brown butter with some toasted pine nuts. I threw those in there, and I threw that over the veal picante with the, the capers and everything, and, the, and of course, your wine. And I threw that in, and it really gave it um, the caramelized lemon mm -hmm. uh, and the butter, and oh, the flavors just melted all together in your mouth. And you know, the Japanese have that term umami, mm -hmm. which we get the term um, right? Mm -hmm. Yum, yummy, umami. And oh, it was just a fantastic experience. And I owe that all to your great Gurkachil Chardonnay, which I'm having right now. Um, the other wine I want to talk about, which uh, is also legendary for uh, the Gurgic Hills, is the uh, Fumé Blanc. Mm -hmm. And that is an interesting concept, kind of different, kind of a different take on uh, white grapes, Sauvignon Blanc, a whole different uh, flavor profile and a different approach that's really kind of was a game changer, actually. Mm -hmm. And it actually was uh, the idea of Robert Mondavi. When he started his winery, he needed a cash flow wine. And Sauvignon Blanc was a, a great one to do. But at that point, at that time, Sauvignon Blanc wasn't really well known. It was very um, inconsistent in its style and quality. And so you never know what you got. So Robert, having been to France and uh, been to Puy Fume, got this brilliant idea. Um, he wanted to call it something different. Uh, so Puy Fume, Fume Blanc. And uh, he wanted to define the style as the highest quality style he could imagine. So he defined it as a dry Sauvignon Blanc, which is 100% Sauvignon Blanc and aged in oak. And my father was the winemaker who made his very first Fumé Blanc. So it's been very, very um, uh, dear, near and dear to our heart to make this wine. But what's interesting is even though we say it has oak, there is no oakiness in the wine. We utilize neutral oak. And what it does is it gives this body and texture to the wine and it gives it a super long finish. So many Sauvignon Blancs have this brightness and crispness, uh, great acidity and juiciness and just fades right away. With ours, you get the brightness, the crispness, the juiciness, the mouth-watering flavors and aromas, um, but then you have this wonderful texture and body and it just keeps going on and on and on. It's truly amazing. Um, so most people, you know, when they, many people these days don't know what a Fumé Blanc is. So actually with our next vintage, we're sort of changing the position of the Sauvignon Blanc and the Fumé Blanc. And we'll keep it the same style, uh, but it'll just be a little clearer to people these days about what it actually is. Well, your, your wines and your father's approach to wines and uh, your leadership have uh, been a real game changer in the wine industry and people are looking at California wine in a totally different way as a result of that past. We're going to be tasting some more great wines. Dwight Casimir here with Dwight's Wine. Violet Gergich is our guest focusing on women in wine. She's the president of Gergich Hills Estate in Rutherford, California. We're going to be tasting a big gun in just a moment. Welcome back to Dwight's Wine. I'm Dwight Casimir, and we're talking to Violet Gergich, president of Gergich Hills Estate in Rutherford, California. 
and we're tasting out some great wines and I'm going to roll out one of the big guns here your uh, 2017 Cabernet Sauvignon and uh, boy I've had a lot of fun with this wine I've cooked up a bunch of things with it even some things you wouldn't normally associate with a red wine I'm wondering what your feeling is about that am I doing a sacrilege absolutely not you know many people uh, feel very religious about wine and and that can be true and, and wonderful. But having grown up as a Croatian, you know, we drink wine every day. We don't care what we're drinking or eating, or sometimes it goes together better, sometimes maybe not as perfectly. But, you know, wine is to be enjoyed under any circumstance. And to put it on a pedestal and say, oh, I can do this and I can't do that and I can't do that. What the heck? Give it a try. When I do vintner dinners, uh, when I used to in person, I would encourage everyone to keep a little bit of each of the wines from each course and try it with all the other courses just to see how it works. And most of the wines pair beautifully with just about every one of the courses. And that's the key when you know we have wines that are subtle and elegant and balanced. Um, one other fact that um, I don't think I mentioned earlier was that we are 100% estate grown. We own all of our own vineyards. They're all certified organic. And we actually practice something called regenerative agriculture in which you utilize a lot of microbes in the soil to ensure that your plants not only get the food and the food is broken down by them, but also protection against diseases. This method actually is, is pretty amazing and sequesters a huge amount of carbon in the soil. So a lot of um, what we're doing, if, if, if everybody would farm this way, we would actually make a great dent in climate change. But one of the benefits of farming naturally is that all of the natural flora is still on the grapes. And so for many years now, we've been fermenting, only utilizing wild yeast. What's amazing with that is every year there's like a different population of yeast and maybe one or two predominant strains, and they're always different. So you end up getting this sense of terroir, this authentic sense of place. Every wine is a little bit different. It's still within our style, but it has different flavor profiles and different characters. And it's, you know, for us, we not only with our grape growing, but also with our winemaking, we try to do as little as possible. It is so important to get the best grapes because everything that's in the wine comes from grapes. And if it's not there, I mean, there's tricks that you can do to get it in. Commercial yeast often is labeled by flavor profiles. If you want cherry or banana or pineapple, um, but when you use natural yeast, it's about as natural as you get. And the idea is to guide the wine into its natural form. So it's truly authentic wine, truly a sense of place. Uh, behind me is our old Yonville vineyard. Those vines were planted in 1959. My dad actually saw them being replanted. And it is the largest old Cabernet vineyard in Napa Valley of 25 acres. So some of that fruit is going into that. Actually about 25% of that fruit is in your glass right now. And something that many people don't know, my father is known as the King of Chardonnay, but he actually became famous for Cabernet first. He worked for eight years with Andre Chelichev at Beaulieu Vineyards, who was known for his private reserve, George de la Tour. And Robert Mondavi hired him because he had that experience with the Cabernet. And in fact, my father, made the 1969 Cabernet that made Robert Mondavi famous. And after that, he was actually hired by Chateau Montalena to only make Cabernet. And unfortunately, it takes a little while to get Cabernet out on the market. So he ended up making Chardonnay as the cash flow wine. And that ended up being the wine that made him famous. 
So it's not just that he does one thing very well. He's done many things. And my cousin, Ivo Yedamas, came to uh, Napa Valley, came to America in 1986 and fell in love with the vineyards and wine. And he's been our winemaker now for a while. And he's very much following in my father's footsteps in terms of our classic, elegant, uh, wonderful style that we never plan on changing. Uh, and it's, you know, being small and being family owned and operated has made a huge difference in terms of our ability to succeed. Mostly though, we love what we do. We're very, very passionate about um, the entire winemaking, grape growing process and meeting wonderful people like you is, is uh, one of the great joys of my life. So happy that you're enjoying the Cabernet. It's a, it's a really, really fabulous wine. It's, it's very elegant also. It's not a big blockbuster Cabernet like many people expect but it's much more of a food-friendly wine. It has elegance, it has balance, um, harmony. I'm a musician, so I like to use the word harmonious. And oh, I, I also, I, yeah. am too. I, play, I play the piano. I have the Yamaha Clavinova, mm -hmm. and I, I was a student of the great Chick Corea. Oh, wow. This past a couple of weeks ago, and, and during his lockdown, he was doing free master classes three days a week, on, which are on YouTube. You can access them free. That's and, great. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've been taking those. And yes, there's a great affinity between music and wine. And uh, I am tasting and smelling a concerto. Mm -hmm. This wine. I mean, uh, there, every time I take a sip, as time passes while we're talking, I'm noticing something different. It's like a kaleidoscope. It's like a rainbow changing colors um as different light refracts through it and i can see so many uh flavor combinations that would go with this wine you know um you mentioned the name of andre chelichev that was the second person that michael mondavi introduced me to and he was working for trefethen at that time mm -hmm. and uh boy did he give me uh, a lesson in fact i was there we went there in the afternoon we stayed through a family dinner and I was there well into the night and we were tasting some, uh, boy, um, some brandies and con cognacs. We were tasting some cognacs and, oh, just some amazing things. Uh, and the stories he told were also uh, just were the thing of legend. And uh, one of the things I wanna talk about is how red wine can be such a, um, a versatile experience. I mean, it, it's not a one note samba. It has many notes, many flavors, especially this wine that you have here. This Cabernet um, has has many profiles. I mean, uh, it's uh, there was a movie when I was growing up called The Three Faces of Eve. This has many faces. Talk to me about that. That is that is what happens when you have wine that is balanced and subtle and elegant. When you have that, you end up, it's, it's as if you have this infinite way of, that the wine can be expressed. So I always, I like to talk about balance in a, in a way. I, I, used, I grew up uh, with uh, railroad tracks behind me and I used to love walking on the railroad tracks. And I remember when I would first hop on them, that point of balance seemed to be so tiny that I couldn't know how I could find it. But then once I found that balance, it was as if it didn't matter how far I leaned to the left or to the right, 
nothing could break that. It was like I was surrounded by infinity. And so when you do have that subtlety and elegance, you have complexity. And with complexity, you have that ability to see these many faces, these many sides of the wine. As it opens up, as it ages, the wine transforms in a way. Um, I've always been impressed with the fact that, you know, you open a bottle and days later, it's getting better and better. You know, always the last sip, the last sip of the bottle is the best. And many wines don't do that because they don't have that structure and that balance. But I think that's really the key to our wines as well. And getting the best grapes, like you see, you know, 25% of those old vine grapes went into that beautiful Cabernet. And old vines have a complexity to them naturally that is um, really unmatched in younger vineyards, which is one of the reasons we farm naturally. You know, our, we'll have old vines, you know, 50, 60, 80, 100 years. Our oldest vineyard is over 100 years old. It's our old Zinfandel in Calistoga. And again, if you think about as you age and, you know, learning from people who have lived a long life, they have great wisdom. And uh, that's something that takes time to acquire. It's not something that you can sort of, you know, open a box and, you know, there it is. So I think the, the term we were looking for is a term they use in ballet called equipoise. Oh. It's that moment when you're at the point, right? Right. And right. time seems to stand still. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's an amazing moment in time. And uh, your wines seem to reach that moment in time. Um, tasting them uh, has been quite an experience with you, Violet. I want to thank you for being with us on Dwight's Wine. Violet Gergich, president of Gergich Hills Estate, Rutherford, California. You know, there'll, there'll be a time when we can all be back together again, right? There was a song Absolutely. back in World War II at the, at the end of the war, we'll meet again, don't know where, don't know when, but we'll all be again some sunny day, right? So right. that day is going to come back. It I absolutely believe, will. I believe it. Dwight, right. thank you so very much. It's been such a pleasure. Well, I, I've enjoyed seeing you again. It's, it's been a few years, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm glad to see that you are the next generation that's going to bring this whole experience to a fruition. And uh, I'm really happy about that, Violet. It's, it's great to have you on. Okay. Well, thank you. It's great to be on. And if you get time, this is our beautiful Rutherford Vineyard behind the winery and our ranch house patio and deck. Uh, come visit when you're able to. Oh, you know, it's interesting when you said that, because I think you saw in my review of your wine, I mentioned, I imagined myself sitting on the veranda behind you there, mm -hmm. sipping your wine. So one day I'll be there. Okay, Viola, we'll sit together and Sounds have a wonderful. Of, uh, Chardonnay. How about that? Perfect. Couldn't Perfect. imagine a better thing. Thanks for being with me on Dwight's Wine. We'll be back with another episode soon. And thanks for joining us.